signed with uh, with Edmonton. Tell me about the process and and how it came about for you over. Obviously, I would guess uh, the last few weeks. Yeah. Um, well, I've been involved with the uh, bargaining committee for the CFLPA, so so that had been my primary focus. Uh, not so much about playing. Um, so once that, you know, got kind of completed or, or wrapped up, um, you know, it was time to turn my attention to the field and. Uh, I'd been talking with Brock Sunderland a little bit through the off season and um, talks picked up and, and here we are today. You're a, a young man, but maybe not a young man for football. Uh, did you, did you hesitate a little bit with, with wanting to come back for another year? Uh, you know, for the last couple of years, I think it's, it's been a bit of a year by year process. Um, and I, I strongly considered retiring but at the end of the day, I, I don't really think that's in my DNA. Um, for me to stop playing, there somebody's going to have to kick me out and tell me I can't do it anymore. So this will be season number 16, correct, in the CFL? Yeah, 16. I believe. So obviously you got a, you got a love for the league and a passion for the game in the league to, to keep wanting to come back year after year after year when a lot of guys, I, I believe I read you're the longest serving player in the league right now. Yeah, I, I think I am now uh, – when Ricky Ray retired, I, I took over the helm there. Um, and, you know, I still have a passion and a desire to play. Uh, you know, obviously I've been playing football for six, 15 years, 16 now. Um, so, you know, I just, just want to keep it going. And uh, I'm all about winning championships. Which you won in 2019 with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, that was your second one. What was it like uh, with that club? How did, tell me about your memories from 2019. Oh, I mean, memories that, that will last a lifetime. Um, I had been part of that rebuild uh, from kind of day one and to kind of grow and turn into a contender and then see it through and become a championship team was, uh, was a great experience I'll never forget. Uh, and, you know, uh, the organization is amazing. Um, you know, we got Coach O'Shea there as well and a lot of good friends in the locker room. So uh, great experience. Does this kind of complete the circle for you a little bit? I mean, uh, 2004, you're drafted by Edmonton. Um, was that on your mind kind of as you're looking for a deal this year and thought, hey, that's that's a nice fit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there were only a few places I would have considered playing, and Edmonton definitely was at the top of the list. Uh, this does kind of bring my career full circle. I grew up in Sherwood Park, uh, you know, working 50-50 at the – at the games growing up and it was my dream to play for Edmonton. So it's a, it's a dream come true at 40 years old. <laughs> <laughs> Took a while, but you finally made it. That's kind of yeah. cool. Uh, what do you remember most about being a fan of Edmonton back in the day going, like you say, going to those games and, and watching those games. Did you have a favorite player? Did you have, did you have any memories as a fan really stick out? Uh, well, I remember my first like kids camp at, uh, it was at Bev Facey high school. There was Damon Allen, Gizmo Williams and Willie Pless. And I was hooked, signed up for, for minor football. And from there it kind of evolved. And as I, I turned into a receiver, I looked at Ed Hervey, you know, Terry Vaughn, um, Jason Tucker, you know, the roster was stacked at that position and, I was, I was in awe when I was drafted in 04, you know, being in the hot tub after practice with those guys, uh, maybe too much in awe 
for, for that time in my career. Tell me about that training camp. What do you remember from it and, and, and the end of it and how it didn't work out for you? Yeah, that part was frustrating because I, I, I got injured a week before camp, but I was just trying to soak up, you know, I had all these Hall of Fame receivers and I was just trying to soak up as much as I could. And I, you know, I went back to university the following year and kind of took a lot of those lessons and tried to apply them and, and take it into the CFL. And uh, I guess uh, as you, you took your learning experience and moved on and you were a receiver at that point, when, why, and how did you make the switch to long snapper? Uh, well, I was, uh, I had been cut for probably, I think the sixth time and uh, I was looking for a way to extend my career. And so, you know, there's an old saying, the more you can do, the longer you'll stay. So I, I started snapping just on my own and, you know, started reaching out to some of the top snappers in the NFL, sending them my tape, working on it. And uh, I didn't, I planned on, you know, adding snapping so that I could play more receiver, but uh, eventually it worked out the other way and I transitioned to long snapper, but I, I love the position. I love the detailed work, the craft. Um, so I'm, I'm glad I made this switch and it's provided me with a lot of opportunities. I don't think I would have two great cup rings if I hadn't. Did you get much response from those tapes you sent out to NFL players? I actually did. Surprisingly um, it's long snapping. And I think kicking is the same. It's a, it's a tight knit community. And as long as you're willing to show that you're, you will put in the work uh, guys are, are usually very receptive with helping you come to Edmonton to work with a couple of veteran kickers too. Uh, I'm not sure who the holder is going to be yet as, as the other guy in, in your group, but uh, you're coming to work with a couple of uh, real veteran kickers in, in Sean White and Hugh O'Neill. Uh, that must be comforting for you. Yeah, that was another really attractive piece with signing in Edmonton um, is I get to work with two vets and uh, you know, Justin Medlock played a big role in my career and I'm looking forward to, to working with those guys as well. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun when, when you work with guys that care as much as, as we do. The last year and a half or year and three quarters, uh, how has it been for you? I know you mentioned you're on, you're on the Players Association Committee, I believe, so you've been involved in that a lot. I know you're a guy who's got some outside businesses as well. What's the last year and a half been like for you? I'm not going to lie. I mean, it, it was tough, uh, especially last summer when the season was canceled. You know, you're representing 900 members and uh, a lot of guys were really hoping to play. And, and that was tough talking through that. And um, a lot of guys' careers ended as well. And nobody really wants their career to end because of a pandemic. Um, but, you know, we, we pushed through it. And I think everybody around the league is just very excited that we're back on the field. Yeah, I've, I've talked to a, included. Yeah, I talked to a few players since the announcement last Monday, and that's the the general consensus is just just elation, just excitement, just to get back to doing what what everybody loves, and uh, it's it's going to be pretty cool, I imagine, for everybody involved come July tenth. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's kind of like when you first started playing the game, you were playing just for the love of game. That that was the pure, the pure, it was the purest form of football, and. It's kind of like that again. Not that, not that it hasn't been, but you remember why you're playing the game, and you remove all of the outside distractions, and 
um, I'm excited. So what's the process now? Uh, you're on the inside of the negotiation, so you probably know a little bit better than some of the other guys I talked to. Uh, isolation begins July 2nd, correct? And, and then on the field on the 10th. Uh, isolation, that's just a, a pure lockdown for players uh, in their hotel rooms? Yeah, we have a seven-day isolation at home here first. And then when we arrive into town, we're, we're on pure lockdown for seven additional days. And we have to pass two tests before we can work out with the team or at the team facilities. And what's it going to be like protocol-wise? I imagine, there, well, I already know there's there's going to be a lot that, that are in place just to keep everybody safe moving forward and make sure the games go as scheduled. Yeah, I mean, there's a, a ton of protocol. Um, we worked with each of the provincial governments to to arrive at that, and and they all approved it. So, I one thing we weren't going to do is is step onto the field if it wasn't safe. And um, unanim unanimously, we ratified it. Um, so everybody is is feeling very comfortable and safe about the protocol. And I imagine after a, a, a week at home and then a week in your city of, of being in isolation, uh, July 10th is going to be even more exciting after all that, not only just to be back, but just to, to be free a little bit. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that seven day isolation in a, in a hotel room isn't something to look forward to, but it's kind of the cost of doing business. Will you be putting some dents in the walls of your hotel room, long snapping? I think I might flip a mattress over against the wall and, and start snapping into the mattress. <laughs> Who knows? I'm not sure yet. That's going to be a challenge, right? Because you can't do a lot in a hotel room. Uh, they're not they're not usually big rooms. You know, you can you can you can ride a bike if you can get one in there. You can I guess take some bands or some weights or something. But uh, staying in shape is going to be difficult. Yeah, it will be. And I think uh, staying in shape mentally is the biggest thing. Um, talking to family, friends, getting on FaceTime, just feeling some, some connection to people is going to be key because, you know, we've kind of adjusted a little bit closer to normal life again. Um, and it's kind of hard to go back into that isolation. So it will be a challenge for sure. You thought a little bit about uh, August 7th. I mean, you've played a lot of games at Commonwealth that you've, you've come out of the other tunnel. Uh, now you're coming out of the homeroom and, and, and through the big tunnel with all the noise. Uh, you got lots of family here, first off, still. And, and are you kind of looking forward to that and, and making that first appearance as a member of the Edmonton Elks? Oh, yeah. And I mean, I, I like I said, I, I grew up dreaming to run out of that tunnel. Um, I'm very excited about that. I've Whenever I've played there, I've always looked around the stadium and just appreciated it and the history, the tradition. And uh, I'm, I couldn't be more excited to be part of it.